We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello, welcome to episode number 50 of Gaming with the Moms. This episode is being sponsored by ThriveMarket.com. We will talk about them a little later in the show, but 50! Hooray! Yay! 50! We made it to 50. Yeah. Just so awesome. Um, I was almost going to buy one of those stupid little party blowers to like blow into the microphone, <laughs> uh, but I forgot to do that, and we didn't have any at Anna's birthday party because... We decided to do uh, rainbow spectrum diffraction glasses instead because Isaac thought that that was way cooler. And it is. Yeah. So, you know. Less annoying. Little kids with noisemakers is the worst. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Although we had. She chose wisely. We had little kids with glasses on running into each other at the party. (laughs) So I guess that's that's more amusing. Still better than (laughs) noisemakers. Still better. Okay, so let's jump right in here. Nintendo Nintendo announced a bunch of stuff today, pretty much covering everything that we had been thinking about in regards to Nintendo recently. The biggest news, which... Yeah. Uh, which Would you like me to do it? Yeah, Stephen, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and do it? <laughs> so, um, as part of their quarterly earnings call, President Kimishima-san announced that the Nintendo NX... We'll be releasing in March of 2017. You heard it correctly, <laughs> yes. folks. I'm I'm so excited about this that I can't even speak. <laughs> um, it is not coming out in 2016, which means I had a previous bet with one Simone de Rochefort, who <laughs> is now a Polygon, and one host of this podcast, Nicole Tanner, uh, as agreed. I will take my lumps. I. I await my charge for during my extra life marathon. However, it does come with one piece of information that I will say you have to deal with me after you do whatever you do to me. And I mean, I'm just saying, yeah, just just keep that in mind. I will. You know. I will. He, he's a handful, Nicole. Watch yeah. out. Yeah, I think I've learned that by now. By the way, yeah. I just I just realized I forgot to introduce everybody. Um I'm Nicole Tanner. I'm oh. managing editor at Pixelkin.org. And the mother of a four-year-old, Linda, is publisher of Pixelkin.org. Yeah. Uh, Linda Brenneman. And Stephen Deutzman is editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming and the father of three. So there we go. Now everybody yeah. knows knows who we are in case uh, you're not a regular listener. But yeah, so it's going to be so much fun um, picking the game for Stephen. Uh, it, it's going to take a lot of thought. Like, as soon as I saw that this morning, I'm like, hmm, I don't know how. So what do you, what are the possibilities? What are you thinking about? I don't even know. I'm probably going to have to go through like Xbox One archive things to try to find the uh. worst game possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it, it, it'll take uh, me right. some time, but yeah. Keep in mind that I have to play this game for 24 hours, so <laughs> there needs to be 24 hours worth of gameplay in this thing. Yes. Um, yeah. That makes it a little tough. It does. It does. Maybe I'll just uh, try to find the worst MMO on the planet. Uh, so other uh. Nintendo announcement, Miitomo has 10 million unique users across the entire world. As you know, Miitomo is their first mobile app, which they call a free-to-start social experience. Came out in Japan on March 17th, in the U.S. on March 31st. 
Here in the U.S., it has been the number one free app on bunches of stores. So like Apple App Store, Android Store, all that kind of stuff. And there have been 300 million conversations in Mitomo, which if you haven't played, that is kind of what the social experience, quote unquote, is all about in that your me talks to other people's me's and you learn wonderful things about them. Or, you know, you can make fun of their answers, that type of thing. It's great, <laughs> great, great for a friendship there. Celebrate uh, the, this 10 million user mark. Nintendo is going to be running a special 10-day celebrating 10 million users promotion on Mitomo April 29th through May 8th, which uh, is pretty cool. They're going to be giving out, I logged into Mitomo today to see what the deal was. They're going to be giving out extra coins and game tickets on top of what you get as your regular daily bonus so that's pretty cool yeah so other big news which you know i was i was talking to courtney holmes who's previously been on this podcast earlier today once i saw this press release and um so legend of zelda the new legend of zelda will be launching simultaneously for both wii u and nx i think both steven and courtney called that one however since the nx isn't coming until 2017 that means the new zelda isn't coming until 2017 either and courtney said she's she's crying lots of tears today after that delay so yeah yeah, you have to wait a little bit longer for legend of zelda that said this game will be playable on the show floor uh during e3 this june it's going to be the only game that nintendo is showing on the show floor i told courtney if she plans still plans to go to e3 she better just plan to get in line first thing in the morning and stand there all day because that is what will be happening i can guarantee you that i can't Uh, wait to hear about it yeah i know know. yeah Yeah. um june will be great i'm sure we will have lots and lots of information and opinions coming from multiple places yeah no doubt so and I'm sure that most of that will be, you know, there will be some significant walkthroughs done by the Nintendo Treehouse live team. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, I mean, you know, I mean, they, now that they don't have multiple games, um, I presume that we'll just see a whole bunch of very controlled demo experiences done by the demo team. It should be pretty fun. Yeah. 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 Can't wait. Yeah, it should be. Also, since that's the only game that they're showing, they should be able to dedicate every gameplay kiosk to that game which would i don't know and if it was another game would alleviate some of the waiting in line but with this game i don't think it's going to but they have a huge booth and that's all they're showing so hopefully they can have it on like 50 stations or whatever but I know. We'll just have to see. So other Nintendo news. Mitomo has been super successful. We already talked about that. So they've announced what their next two uh, mobile apps are going to be. And one is going to be based on Fire Emblem. And the other will be on Animal Crossing, which makes me very happy. Yeah. Although I I hope it's like it's like an Animal Crossing game game and not some silly social thing like Mitomo is. Well, they've already said that it will contain more. It actually is buried in the press release that both of these are pure game applications compared to Mitomo. They have more prominent game elements and the game content will tie closely into Nintendo's dedicated game business. Nice. Good. That sounds like as clear of a no seriously dudes, <laughs> it's going to be a game as you can possibly get. <laughs> right. So you're, what that means is your your fear it should be abated. It's going to be a game. And it's also going to tie into the Animal Crossing is actually going to tie into an Animal Crossing game on the dedicated consoles. 
which I don't know if they're going to patch New Leaf or if we should take that to assume that there will be a new Animal Crossing game coming later this year. Mm, I would like a new one. I would like for them to do a new one and add in the decorating functionality of Happy Home Designer. And then yeah. I would be very, very happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. I bet if they had a console coming with more hardware power, <laughs> I'm just thinking right. that yes. they could that they could do that. Yeah. And if that new console that had more hardware power was also maybe a home console handheld hybrid, mm, yeah. maybe Animal Crossing might be perfect. Now, before you go on to other stuff, the fact that the Zelda Wii U, like the new Zelda game is going to be on both. Can't we use that to safely assume that the new system is going to have a touch screen? Mm, that uh, is an interesting good, good deal. They're talking about how yeah. it's be, they're developing this game to specifically target and use the Wii U gamepad. That tells me that it sounds like that we can imply mm. that. Or am I crazy? Well, am, I, am I taking leaps of logic? I'm not making bets on anything ever again. But <laughs> um, Well, I mean, I guess I would point to the fact that, you know, Twilight Princess had the different control scheme where one used the Wiimote and, you know, the other didn't. So I think that could be the same thing here, you know, where they have certain things on the gamepad for the Wii U release and then they'll just change those and make them normal buttons possibly for the NX. I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility that that will have some type of touchscreen as well, but I don't think that that necessarily means that it will have a touchscreen. So That's fair. Yeah. Although I do have to say that this is very, very, very smart of them to launch this console with Legend of Zelda because they have done an atrocious job of launching their consoles with a big pillar franchise. And this is super smart for them. They're, the NX is going to sell, I can guarantee you, way more than it would have sold right out of the gate just because it's going to have Zelda on it. You know, yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good idea. Yes. It's, it's funny. It took them that long to, uh, to realize this. Hey, you're, you're putting out a console. Maybe you want a big game to go with that. It'll, It'll help your sales a little bit. (laughs) Well, um, Nikkei uh, newspaper uh, interviewed Kimishima today. There's an article somewhere. I forget where I read it. Maybe Eurogamer. I'm not sure. He said that the reason they're the biggest reason they're delaying it is to try and make sure that there are more games. Mm. They want to have an actual game lineup there, you know, which I think, you know, contrary to the Internet. I mean, I'm in a couple of Nintendo focused Facebook groups Mm -hmm. and it, it was as though the world was on fire uh, this morning when I woke up um, and none of them made bets uh, and lost. They were all just cranky. So it felt like, guys, you don't even understand what it was at stake here. So the, the world was on fire. And then I was like, guys, Nintendo, like people are like, Oh man, this is the worst year on record for the Nintendo. Nintendo's going to crash. They're going to go out of business. And I'm like, who did what? Yeah, I know exactly. Um, <laughs> Because Nintendo has lost money during 11 business quarters in its history. Yeah. Or something. I mean, uh, Kotaku UK, actually, uh, Kiza McDonald actually posted that fact. And I was like, okay, that's a good point. Like, come on. I mean, Nintendo's going to be fine. They could lose money hand over fist for the next, like, three years, and they could still just go live on a beach. Yeah. So, I mean, they got to right the ship eventually, but, I mean, we know that they're... If they... Just take your time. Yeah. Just get this right. And they've got... You know, besides their games, obviously they've got Mitomo now, and I don't know how many people are actually spending money in that, but it's, you know, it's possible that 
even if there's not a good chunk of people spending money on it, that there are a few people that are spending a lot of money because that's generally how free-to-play games work, at least, you know, in my experience, and I covered them at IGN specifically. But they've got, you know, other stuff going on, like, besides games. Like, they license their properties to, like, people to make stuffed animals and T-shirts and all that good stuff. And if you've been to Japan... Nintendo is everywhere. They're in the arcades, you little tchotchke things that you would never see in the United States. They're just everywhere. So I am not in any way, shape, or form worried about them crashing. Amiibo sales by themselves. Exactly. That yeah. too. Yeah. Are off the chain. And, you know, while a lot of that was driven by the, you know, by the power of like the Smash Brothers line, mm-hmm. they're still selling them. Yeah, no, Nintendo's going to be fine. And not only is Nintendo going to be fine, but I honestly think this is the best thing they possibly could have done. Get the NX out of this fall. Don't announce it at E3. Yeah. They could wait two months. They could even wait one month. Like, wait until after, like, the 4th of July when the news cycle is over and everybody else is on break. And they can be like, hey, we're going to have a Nintendo Direct in two days where we're going to announce a new console. What? Yeah. Well, they said and that they would be the entire yeah. world will be at its knees. Yeah, they said would they they would be unveiling the details later in the year. So yeah, I totally expect them to do that. I mean, it's bad enough, you know. Even if you have a top tier game to announce things at E three, there's just there's just so much noise during that time that everything's importance just gets diminished. So like Nintendo's new console being revealed, wow, that's awesome. But you know what? There's you know there's a new Halo game. There's you know some uh, Microsoft is initiating some new thing with xbox and sony's doing something else and everything just gets kind of piled on top of each other and then nothing gets the the coverage that it really deems based on its importance which Mm -hmm. so i think they're being very smart about this nintendo sending legend of zelda into e3 i mean because this is the thing right they're probably going to have a digital event Mm -hmm. because they'll do because they always do yeah right i mean they they didn't say they weren't going to have a digital event they just said they're only gonna have one game playable yeah so they'll probably come in with a digital event like they always have and they're sending in Legend of Zelda in the first hands-on gameplay for a new Legend of Zelda game. Mm-hmm. That by itself is enough to compete in the who won E3 nonsense. Absolutely. Because it's the first gameplay. Like, they don't need anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Build a cool-looking booth that people can take lots of pictures of and show on Instagram <laughs> or whatever, which I'm sure they're designing. Yeah. And then just be like, whatever, dudes, we're going to put up one video. It's going to be Legend of Zelda gameplay. And that the Legend of Zelda gameplay videos will probably be I'm not going to bet on anything. Don't try it, Nicole. <laughs> but um, I would bet that when all is said and done, you look at YouTube gaming after E3, the Legend of Zelda gameplay videos will be among the most viewed. Absolutely. Just because everybody, even if you don't own it, even if you're not going to buy it, you want to know what Zelda is because it's it's Zelda. Yeah. yeah. So, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm really interested to see which of the enthusiast gaming outlets, because you know they're going to be stumbling all over each other trying to be the first to get that video up. So um, I'm just curious to see who's going to win that. We'll see. I would hope Nintendo would embargo that. Yeah, but I mean, once it's on the show... And make them put it up all at once. Oh, well, I mean, once it's on the show floor, though... It's well, I guess I guess they could they could have people play it and then embargo it, you know, but yeah, you're right. I don't know how that works. I've never been to E3, so I defer to your expertise. Yeah, no, no, they can totally do that. Actually, you know, the best of E3 awards are actually chosen in May, like a whole month before E3 ever happens. And the outlets, 
Usually it's the editor in chief um, or the main person of the outlet. Like if it's, you know, video only or whatever, they get to go somewhere and see like all the games and then vote then. Because I don't know if you've ever been to E3, like the second you walk in the show floor door, they have these little best of E3 placards on all the, you know, the ones that, that have won. So obviously nobody went through the show floor that quickly and picked the winners. So, so yeah, so that is decided way in advance. So I think you're right. They could, Nintendo could totally just, you know, give everybody everything that they need and then embargo it, but they don't, they won't give anything to everybody. That's for sure. Because yeah, lately, you know, there have been embargoes broken about a bunch of stuff. And so they can really only trust the, the big outlets not to do that. Uh, not that they would give smaller out- outlets the the chance to do it anyhow. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I'm looking forward to my pr- I'm looking forward to my press release <laughs> fourteen uh, forty five minutes after the uh, end of the digital event. Right. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. So it should be cool though. Um. So gonna take just a quick minute. Uh, as mentioned at the top of the show, this episode is being sponsored by ThriveMarket.com. Uh, if you're a regular listener, we talked about them a couple weeks ago. They're kind of like Costco meets Whole Foods online. So it's a shopping club where you pay a yearly fee and then you can get tons of stuff uh, basically at wholesale prices. And I've ordered some stuff from them now, which I hadn't done the other week. I got my free jar of coconut oil, which is what you can get if you go to ThriveMarket.com slash Gaming with the Moms. Um, but I also got some, I'm going to sound like a total cliche mom here. I got some awesome bubble bath <laughs> that is, just, I, that, you know, of a brand that I had never seen anywhere. And if you are a bubble bath aficionado like I am, it's really hard to find a bubble bath that will give you the right amount of bubbles with a little amount of liquid. But this one was really good. I was really happy about it. So, cool. um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I've been on their site a couple times. I, I I've just done those little purchases, but if you do like a big grocery shopping purchase, uh, all the er- orders over fifty bucks ship for free. Um, and you know you'll probably make back in savings what their year uh yearly fee is, which is like fifty nine ninety nine. So um, so yeah, yeah, so that's Thrive Market. Check out thrivemarket.com slash gaming with the moms, and you can sign up there and get a free jar of Nutiva coconut oil. So we talked a lot about E3, so now let's, let's move back to a convention that has just passed, and that is PAX East. Steven, yeah. Steven was at PAX East. How was your show for you? It was good. It was good. <laughs> um, it was crowded. It was stinky. Um, it was everything a gaming convention could ever be. Played a lot of cool games. Um, truth be told, the big games, uh, the lines were just too long. I mean, that's the issue with PAX, Yeah, uh, is that, you know... It is super crowded and not everyone is there for work. Yeah. So the lines are long. They are meandering. People cut. People go crazy. I've never been to E3. I don't know. But it was (laughs) frustrating. So a lot of the bigger games, I didn't get a chance to play. However, the cool part about PAX that I have found, at least PAX East, can't speak for Prime or South or North or Australia, but for PAX East... It is slowly turning into basically one giant indie mega booth. Mm. Um, A full two-thirds, I mean, well, not maybe two-thirds as much, a full half of the show floor, uh, from my perspective, was full of 10 by 10 or uh, 10 by 30 booths with some crazy-looking indie games. Um, And I got my hands on a lot of them. Some of them were, you know, making their first public debut. Mm -hmm. And 
it was I was it was really good. It was really good. Awesome. Um, Ark Survival Evolved. I don't know if anybody saw pictures. That was a, su- a very surprising game for me. It was a very, I thought it was like this little thing. Uh, they had a full size T Rex. Nice. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that game is huge. That game is huge. I mean, it has yeah. been on the top of the early access uh, charts on Steam for like forever. Uh, one of our writers, Eric Watson, played it and he thought it was awesome. It just came to, um, Xbox One. That that game is it's it's crazy. I haven't actually played it, but it's like survival with dinosaurs, you know, only not primitive because the more you learn, you can build like guns and tanks and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's a completely nuts <laughs> game. And you can ride well, I can dinosaurs. Tell now that I watched it, right? it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you can ride dinosaurs, right? You can. You can. You can yeah. domesticate the dinosaurs and ride them. You can. You know. You can get them to do other things for you too, like plow a field or you know that kind of stuff but yes you can you can ride them so steven you were also on a panel how did the panel go went great uh so panel was called um achievement unlocked parenting uh or parenthood uh 2.0 parents game two uh there were five (laughs) of us or six of us rather myself uh chris gonzo gonzalez the man behind dapperpixel.com go there for all your crazy (laughs) t-shirts The one of the founders of runbutton.com, which is a YouTuber, a uh, freelance writer named uh, Nicole Thompson Hughes, who also uh, she does a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, she writes everywhere. Um, and Stephen Lubitz, who we have talked about as a uh, Hearthstone player aficionado, uh, he offered to be my mentor. Oh, uh, no. Interestingly enough. Now you're so. Um, <laughs> So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Hearthstone stuff later. And myself, <laughs> obviously, and Amanda Warner, who is a co-founder of Giant Space Cat. So we, uh, about 100 and 120 people showed up. It was pretty good. Great. Um, Pretty good turnout. Lots of little kids. It was the absolute best. Uh, it felt like everybody that was there at that time, it was Friday af- early afternoon, that had a child mm-hmm. um, came and brought them. Nice. We even had like two little kids off to the side, like talking like we were just not there. <laughs> um. And it was the best. I wanted to get the wireless mic and go down and like be among the people and interview the little four-year-old, but you know we didn't. Um, <laughs> it was really great. I mean, we talked about screen time and we talked about uh, what's a boy game and what's a girl game, and which, by the way, that's not a thing. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, I just thought I'd throw it out there. There, I just answered the question. Um, we took a long time to answer it because yeah. we had some stories and whatever. Uh, we talked about educational games. It was great. A lot of fun. Hopefully, I mean, I'm guessing it was big enough that maybe they'll let us do it again. Um, you know. Yeah. Because it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Very, very cool. So yeah. I wasn't at PAX East, but our uh, wonderful writer, Eric Watson, I actually don't think he was at the show either, but he collected all of the big news uh, from the show. One of which is that Gearbox Software sort of said, yeah, you know, there's going to be a Borderlands 3 in their <laughs> their panel. They're like, biggest surprise I know. ever. <laughs> Obviously, there's going to be another Borderlands. So, so yeah, but they were, I think they were being a little, uh, a little cheeky and they're like, oh, we don't even know if it's going to be called Borderlands. It could be something else. And, you know, <laughs> I think they think they're like Border Worlds. Border Worlds. <laughs> like Border Worlds, <laughs> which they could easily do and we would still buy it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, or something. Yeah. And they yeah. also they also announced that th- this is actually pretty funny to me that two of their Battleborn characters are going to be DLC and Rock Band 4, which 
is really really funny to me like hmm. i never thought of dlc characters in rock band 4 obviously you think of dlc songs left and right but um so that's cool i guess it's gonna be kind of weird and uh and then rock band itself uh they're gonna be launching online multiplayer uh very soon so uh so yeah, that Rock Band 4 has been kind of out of the news and we haven't heard anything else about Rock Band VR. So it's cool that they had an announcement there. Thankfully, <laughs> I'm just curious. I don't even, I can't even tell what that thing is going to be. Like, it just, uh, I'm curious to see what it actually is. That's, that's basically my, um, that's fair. Yeah. So Blizzard, uh, had an Overwatch tournament there and which they called For the Watch. Ha ha. They think they're so clever. I, I I don't know. Linda, do you get that reference at least? I know Steven doesn't because he doesn't watch it. Game uh, of Thrones. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Game of Thrones reference. Yeah. I did watch the first episode finally. Oh, took yeah. Me a couple days, but um, I was pretty good, I thought. Yeah. Did you like it? Episode, yeah. episode one of the new season or yeah. episode one of Game of Thrones ever? No, episode one of the new season. Oh, okay. All yeah. right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I actually watched episode one of Ever. <laughs> oh, really? You did? I watched, I, yeah, I watched all of one episode, got to the end and went, nope. Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. That was cool. I mean, whatever. Yeah, I, I think that, I think the episode was, I mean, it was good. You know, there's been all, like, and I have been totally caught up in the hype. And, like, you know, obviously you kind of think that they can do a lot more in an hour than they can do. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, you know, this is cool and everything, but like, I really want to see what's next. Obviously, which is, you know, what a good TV show does is make you want to see what's next. But yes, no, I, I wasn't online watching it immediately as it was released because it actually came out uh, at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time online. So we had to wait for Anna to go to bed and, you know, all that stuff. And, and then right, we watched yeah. it. And and they had a yeah. cute little... I don't know if they had this on the TV version, but on the online version, they had a nice little um sort of like behind the episode thing with the creators and, you know, talking about why they did what they did and all that kind of stuff, which, which is cool because now that they are in uh, uncharted territory and they're kind of making up the story themselves now. So yeah, so yeah. that was fun. George R. R. Martin is still involved though, right? I think he, he is. Yeah. He outlined yeah. the new season. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. He's definitely an executive producer. Um, I think, I don't think maybe he outlines anything. I think that they come to him and be like, this is what we're planning to do. And he says, okay, I'm I'm kind of pretty sure that, the, that that's what the arrangement is. I don't think he's actually writing anything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as long as he's okay with it, I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's, he's got to give us something. He's taken freaking forever to write the next book. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. I saw him speak, and he basically said, "How am I going to write anything when I'm on the road all the time?" So, well, he should just stop speaking and sit down. And write. I think so, but you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, he doesn't do what I. I tell feel him. the same way. I feel the same way about Patrick Rothfuss in oh, Book yes. Three of the King Killer Chronicles. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, he was at yeah. Emerald City Comic Con, and I missed him. Like, I was like, I went by the the booth once, and he wasn't there. And then, like, that was the last thing we did before we left. The next day, I'm like, I want to run by the booth again and just see if he's there. And I missed him. It was done. I was like, man. Because I totally would have bought a hardcover of one of those and got it signed. Yeah. I saw him last year at Emerald City Comic Con. And he, before anyone asked any questions, he said, do not ask me when the next book is coming out. 
He was really grouchy. <laughs> he is really grouchy. Yeah. If He's you follow, very grouchy. If you yeah. follow him on Twitter, you can see how grouchy he is all the time, <laughs> too. Yeah. So, but yeah, so those are great books. You could, you should check them out. Maybe wait until the third one comes out or whatever. But yeah, so was it, it's Name of the Wind and what's the second one called? A wise Man's, Man's Fear. Wise Man's Fear. That's right. Yeah. Um, and there is a board game based on a board game played in that universe that is currently on Kickstarter <clears throat> being published by Cheap Ass Games. I will be interviewing James Ernest, the president of Cheap Ass Games, for my podcast in, a, in the coming weeks cool. nice. to help promote that Kickstarter. I almost got an interview with the man himself, but yeah, he's busy. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah. So the Overwatch competition was actually... <laughs> It wasn't just an, an anybody competition. It was the Penny Arcade guys playing against each other, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm sure was probably very hilarious to watch. And then something else. I I shouldn't say that this is hilarious, but it does make me laugh a little bit. So uh, Overwatch had they took Uber vehicles and just plastered their logo all over oh. them for the show. They did okay, that. For- I, <laughs> I, I want to wait. So th- that that does not do this justice. Okay. I was there. Let me. This was amazing. So Uber did this thing called Uber Watch. Yeah. Where they took Lamborghinis. Oh. Souped up Ford F350s. Wow. And a car, I like a custom three-wheeled sports car that I do not know, and tricked the hell out of these cars to make and create custom over, like based on the different characters. Um, so Tracer was the Lamborghini. Obvi and the uh, little Japanese girl that's che- like the cheapy Japanese girl that has like the mech. She was the pink three wheel sports car, and the the guy that is like the generic space marine with like the the blue jacket and the silver hair. He was the truck. Mm. They those things, man. <laughs> they let us. They actually let me. Um, and I'm sure they let a couple other people like walk around and take pictures. I'm actually going to be putting them up on Instagram later on today. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, kind of look at them and, and kind of make sure that they were right. Those things were amazingly beautiful. Yeah. So they didn't just plaster stickers over Ubers. They were like Lamborghinis and they had like four of each vehicle and were giving people rides. Nice. I, I just didn't have enough time to get in the Tracer mobile. Yeah. I really <laughs> wanted to, though. But un- now you may tell the story because it is actually kind of funny. <laughs> yes. Um, Nobody got hurt. Therefore, it's funny. Yes, exactly. So one of the vehicles <laughs> hit another car right outside the convention center. And actually, what no. makes this the funniest <laughs> is that I think is, is he the CEO of, of Gearbox? I'm not sure. Someone very high up in Gearbox, Randy Pitchford, tweeted about <laughs> it uh, because obviously Battleborn, major competitor to overwatch like that's the person who like threw it right on twitter like hey look at this an overwatch car just hit somebody else so, <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah that was pretty funny uh, i mean those funny cars game. were amazing they had really nice cosplayers there too oh, cool, um, i yeah. actually got a video of uh their tracer cosplayer uh talking to my son oh cool which was super nice and they were amazing cosplayers um you know that they had hired to to do that it was and they did cosplay meetups the whole time it was one of the most visually stunning and impressive things i saw on the show floor maybe because i'm a little bit of a car guy not enough to know what's going on but man you see a lamborghini souped up like a video game character (laughs) it's hard to not think that's rad yeah cosplay meetups that's funny that just um 
it's totally off topic, but my husband and I, we haven't gone with Anna, but when we went to Disney World, this is like a few years before she was born, like, I remember going to Disney World and being like, seeing Mickey and running up, be like, hey, Mickey, you know, whatever. But there is like a schedule for meeting up with their characters now. Like, they tell you they're going to be in a certain place at a certain time, and you have to go and wait in line to get your picture taken with these characters. Aww. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, seriously? <laughs> so, um, oh man, it's crazy now. I know. It's so crazy. I'm like, so obviously the biggest draws are the princesses. And so hopefully, you know, that won't be a thing when we take Anna eventually. But I guess we'll, well just have to see. If you go, if you go, you just got to get in on the fast pass thing because most of them yeah. have fast pass yeah. access. So, especially like the ones that are in vogue, like right now, like Anna and Elsa, you yeah. can meet them, but you just do the fast pass thing. And basically schedule an appointment to go meet them, which is just super awesome. They actually were using some of that tech, the not tech, but like technique. Yeah. The uh, fast pass stuff for some of the experiences for like VR. Mm. You would get, you know, you go and you'd like scan a thing and schedule an appointment to come back and do your VR experience. So yeah. You weren't waiting in line. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing that for a while. I know they did that with some rides at, at Epcot too when we were there. Um, but it's more funny off topic things. So, we we bought dinner, like they had a special dinner in Cinderella's castle where they had someone dressed up as the fairy godmother come out and sing and all that kind of stuff. And it was it was a decent, decent dinner. But like as you were leaving, you got your picture taken with Cinderella, uh, which we did kind of jokingly, like my husband's like standing up all straight and he's got his arm out and she's like, you know, hanging onto his arm. It was yeah, it was pretty funny. So <laughs> But yeah, the kids there nuts 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 um if you've never been i would say check it out even if you don't have children just for the uh the sheer awe of it like they have a uh like a salon where you can take girls and boys you can take girls uh, you know most of the girls will ask to be made up like a princess and then they have like quote-unquote boy options as well as like you know jake the pirate or you know some of that other stuff so but yeah that was that was funny. Um, I don't know when we're going to pull the trigger on taking Anna. Probably sometime soon. I know we were waiting until we thought that she could um, that she could really enjoy it more and remember it. So, yeah. so that's where we are. But anyhow, yeah, I think back. To- you're almost there. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, you're we are almost, almost there. there for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So back to games. Uh, Uncharted Four has been. Wait. Actually, wait, oh, can, I, can I, before we leave PAX East, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to th- shout out to some games that I played. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I was just waiting for a good opportunity because there were some indie games that did not get a lot of press um, that I saw and, and didn't make the roundup uh, from uh, Mr. Watson, but he wasn't there. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so two specifically really stood out to me as indie games that I think we're all going to need to kind of pay attention to. Mm. One of them is called is a game called Flint Hook, uh, which is a uh, 16-bit style uh, Metroidvania game, mm. which when you hear that, if you understand those buzzwords, you're like, man, another one of those? Like, no, th- this is like... That is exactly what I, went through my head. <laughs> okay, so um, here's the big... The, the, that's a perfectly reasonable question to ask. Like, right? Like, man, the, you know, this retro aesthetic has been around for a while, and in some cases, it's getting old. I yeah. promise you, in this case, it's not. All the sprites are gorgeous. The idea is you play as this guy. I'm not sure what his name is. I'm going to assume his name is Flint Hook. Um, and the big piece is he has a grappling hook, 
Okay. And that he, um, that you aim in a style of like a twin stick shooter. Mm. Um, and he has a gun and, you know, some sub weapons and all of the aiming is done like a twin stick shooter. So as you jump through the various and platform through the various levels, you can jump one way, aim in another, etc. And it's very precise and very tight. Um, the controls felt absolutely pixel perfect and the game's not even done yet. Um, the idea is they are randomly generated dungeons. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the general theme is going to be the same, but you're, you know, it's all kind of procedural. There will be hooks hanging from the ceiling all in these various rooms and you can kind of reach up and grab them almost um bionic commando like mm. right um and swing and shoot yourself all over the place and it gives it this great amount of like velocity like i really felt like i was just flying all over the place and i managed to play the game for like 20 minutes and i really felt like i was already proficient which i think is and i'm not very good at video games so <laughs> The fact that I felt proficient in, in the matter of time of, like, a demo on a show floor and, says something. Yeah, and that style of game, too. Like, those are typically pretty yeah. hard to to get up and going. Yeah. No, I, I felt like I was right in there, and I really enjoyed it. Um, bright colors for what it was. Uh, that's super awesome. Next is a game called 20XX. So I actually have three. The next one is 20XX. This is straight up it. I'm going to give you the elevator pitch, and we'll move on. It is two-player co-op, procedurally generated Mega Man X. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, if you like Mega Man X, and I don't know anybody really that doesn't like Mega Man X <laughs> from back in the day, it's literally Mega Man, like, it's Mega Man and Zero, only it's like Linda and Ace. <laughs> They're <laughs> legally distinct from Mega Man and Zero, but come on, it's Mega <laughs> Man and Zero. Um, but it's so good. I played it with a random stranger and the two of us just went nuts. Um, totally good. So that's two. The third one, and this is the biggest one. I think this is something that you guys at Pixelkin and me at Engage Family Gaming are going to be paying attention to a lot next year when it comes out. That's a game called Mages of Mistralia. Um, arguably the most generic name since like Bloodstained, but <laughs> so what it is is first off, it's a, it's a, uh, 3D, you know, kind of isometric adventure game mm-hmm. type, kind of like Legend of Zelda style game where you play as a little girl who happens to be a wizard. I don't know, little girl, maybe she's a woman. I'm not really sure. She was small. <laughs> so, and I honestly didn't pay enough, pay enough attention to determine her maturity level. Um, if you read what I'm saying. So, but she's a wizard. And, um, so she, and in this particular world, uh, a world designed by the same men who invented Forgotten Realms oh, at okay. Greenwood. Um, she is a wizard and wizards are hated. So she's like kind of, um, kind of like an X-Men type of situation, right? Mm. She's inherited this power, but nobody likes her. The big, and that by itself sounds like an interesting story. Everybody wants to get her, but she's got magic powers. The difference is you can create your own spells. Oh, that sounds cool. They've done that before, like in Magicka, where you're like, I'm going to do fire, fire, water, and then I'm going to have a steam spell. This is a little bit different. Mm. Um, I, that sound, that, that Magicka system is very reductive in compared to this one. Mm. The idea is you have a grid, um, that is like a, a circle shaped grid that has these various nodes on it. And the center of the node is an element mm. that you choose. So you choose lightning or water or whatever, um, and, or fire. Right. And you have four spells. You have a melee spell, a personal spell, a cone, like a like a sphere or an orb spell and a conjuring spell. And the idea is you choose an element for that. All those are mapped to buttons. You choose an element and then you choose different modifiers. So, for example, 
You may, you know, attach a teleportation modifier to your self spell, which means you teleport forward. Mm. But perhaps you would put that on your orb spell. And what that means is you shoot at your orb and it teleports to its target, et cetera, and mm. so on. Um, and you can attach dozens of modifiers to your various spells that makes them do all different things. That helps in combat, but it also helps in puzzles. Mm. Um, for example, they may give you, you know, the, the, the lighting of the torches puzzle, which is ubiquitous in games now. Um, they may have it so that it's behind a wall. And the only way to get it is to make a spell that arcs around corners. Mm. You'll be able to do that. And the spells aren't locked forever. It's not like you create a spell and you have it. You can just on the fly go into the, your spell book and just change it and then change it back. It was amazingly fun. I played it for about a half hour and it was, uh, it's also gorgeous. Mm. Uh, there is a preview that will be, uh, that I have written up that will be going up on engagefamilygaming.com. Uh, anyone who is hearing this, uh, it will have gone up on Wednesday night. So you will be able to see that. Um, and for your benefit, Nicole, I'll be sharing it in the Engage Family Gaming community page, uh, later nice. on tonight because I was requested to do so. I'll make sure to tag you. Um, this game is needs to be on our radar. We will all be playing it. It might be well. I mean, it's not going to be a game of the year contender because of Legend of Zelda already. But um, <laughs> it's it's real good, dude. Oh my goodness! It sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm really interested. It's beautiful in that. too. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's really good. It's uh, it's really pretty. Um, <laughs> and the team making it is really nice too. That's something that I really appreciated. Like I talked to the developers, and they're really nice. Um, yeah, I like it. Very cool. Um, that's a, those are my games from PAX East. You may proceed. Sorry. Awesome. No, 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 no problem. Um, so Uncharted 4 has leaked in the UK because, uh, a, well, Sony says copies that were in transit to retailers were stolen. And then this is, it's baffling to me that somebody could be this stupid, quite honestly, is that somebody list, <laughs> listed them on eBay for like, it was like a hundred pounds, and I'm not sure what that translates into, um, in US currency, but like, and then like took it down, obviously. Ow. But I'm like, really? Seriously? Like, mm. you didn't think that you were going to get caught doing that? Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I just, it's baffling to me <laughs> that somebody would do that. Um, but yeah, so there's a police investigation, everything going on now, and, uh, the president of, uh, Sony Computer Entertainment Worldwide has really been asking people basically not to spoil anything for everybody else because the story is such a big deal and also to like, you know, be supportive of Naughty Dog and wait and buy the game, you know, when you can do it legally instead of like giving somebody a hundred pounds for, uh, you know, a stolen copy. Or a hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, right. Thanks. Approximately. Thank you. Yeah. My husband goes to England all the time. You would think I would know that conversion rate, but I don't. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, it changes by the day. Yes, yes, I know. If that makes you feel any better. Yeah, I know, but generally, you know. Um uh so yeah, so it's actually it's weird to me. I am amazed that this type of thing doesn't happen more often, quite frankly. Like, you know, if the people like they know what they're driving, like seriously. <laughs> Hey, I've got copies of this huge game that's not out yet. Like maybe I'll oh, just yeah. yeah, I'll just tell my friend that I'm gonna be making a stop here to deliver something else and then I'll just drop you know, I mean hmm. I I am I am amazed that it doesn't happen more often. And maybe that's my cynical uh my cynical view of how trustworthy people are in the world, but you know <laughs> what you gonna do. Maybe they'll I don't trust I mean Stone Cold taught us DTA. Don't trust anybody, so <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll start bringing more security into the equation. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what would be the awesome security? Not to sell physical copies of games anymore. Yeah. Then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think yeah, because hackers. everything's secure on the internet, Nicole. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it. But at the same <laughs> time, like, you like, okay, so say somebody pirates, you know, a game or whatever on the internet. I think in the long run, the impact of that financially on the publisher is a lot less than losing like a whole shipment of physical games because you're talking about the, the packaging, the warehouse space, all that stuff that they've paid for. Uh, which they don't have to pay for, you know, in a digital version. Yeah. So, oh, oh, I, I, I am pro digital. <laughs> However, we just got done saying that this doesn't happen very often, right? And now it's suddenly like, oh well, we should we should just get rid of this cost. Like there is a cost to switching to an entire digital future, one that Sony is not ready for. Um, it's only been five years since their entire network was down for a month, right? So, um. You know, there there are the the world is not ready for a digital for an all digital future. Yes, no, I totally I totally agree. I was just I've been I've been beating the digital horse for a long time, and I saw an opportunity to do that again. So <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's fair. That. But it, it's not dead yet. So yes, I know. I know. You may continue to beat it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, and I, I guess this is comes into sort of what we're playing ish type of thing. So before I start. Going off on my spiel, Linda, do you want to talk quickly about what you've been playing this week? Yeah, I had a great gaming week. Um, Friday, Natalie came over. Natalie, our intern. Right, yes. works on our game database, and um, she's actually my niece as well. And we sat and we played video games for like five hours Friday nice. afternoon. Um, she helped me play through the Unravel demo, and I decided to buy it because I really enjoyed it you know, working on the puzzles with her. That was really fun. Nice. And then I, I taught her how to um, kill, massacre people like crazy in Assassin's Creed. Um, <laughs> the uh, the nice. Jack the Ripper. DLC. Hashtag family time. <laughs> I know. We had so much fun. Yes. We were just, uh, yeah, you know, that was really fun. And yeah. then um, today and yesterday, I have downloaded Heroes of the Storm, and I've been mm. playing that with my son. Oh, nice. I know. Like, it's so fun. Um, so we're, we're going to be playing that kind of regularly, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Have you, have fun. you played an online game with Chris since WoW? Or is not, this kind of like the first one you're back into? Yeah, not since WoW. So, okay. But, but this feels pretty familiar. It's pretty similar to WoW. I mean, it, you know, in terms of how it looks and right. that kind of thing, not how it plays, of course, but, um, yeah. it, it's, it's really fun. I have a long way to go, but he's a good coach. Yeah. So, you know, he can tell me like today yeah. he said, you did okay, except your positioning was wrong. So like, yeah. Okay. I can work on yeah, that. Yeah. Don't feel bad. Those games are hard to master, right? Yeah. For anybody. So this one's easier though. Right, Steven? Uh, yes. Yeah. That is the, that's the intention. Blizzard made this more, attempted to make it more accessible. So you, you'll have an easier time getting into this one than you would say Dota. Also, the community, just by nature, the fact that it's not Dota and LOL, yeah. um, should, uh, be a little bit less toxic. Mm. Yeah. Cause those games are just vile. I can't even. Yeah. I just can't. That's yeah. what he said too. So yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it more. It's fun. 
Yeah, very, very cool. Steve Lewis yeah. was like telling, because I wasn't, I don't know if it was last week or the week before I was talking about the cool card back that you get in Hearthstone if you play. I think I, he's, he specified for me that it's like getting to level 12. He's like, oh, but it doesn't take that long. And you can play as a murloc who hits people with a fish. And I was like, I was tempted after that. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> a murloc who hits people with a fish. That sounds pretty cool, honestly. Yeah. He talked to me about that. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty significantly. And I was like, well, maybe not, but I don't need to be enticed to play it. I just didn't realize it was playable on Mac now that I know it is. Oh. Let's just say, uh, yeah. yeah. One Blizzard game, one new Blizzard game at a time. It's going to be a Blizzard, it's going to be a Blizzard couple of months for me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they make games. They do. They do. I mean, yeah. they don't, they don't really have duds ever that I can think of anyhow. Um, no. Even, the, even though I, that World of Warcraft game, nobody likes that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, That's a joke. Yes, that was a joke. obviously. So, Stephen, do you want to talk about something else that you've been playing real quickly before I go into my Hearthstone spiel? Um, no, because I want to talk about Hearthstone too. Okay, so go ahead. <laughs> All right, sounds good to me. So, the expansion "Whispers of the Old Gods" came out yesterday. We record this podcast on Wednesdays. It came out yesterday, which is Tuesday even though you probably won't hear this till Friday, was very cool. Uh, there were some server issues, as you might expect, when you've got, and they've confirmed now, 50 million players of Hearthstone. So <clears throat> I totally expected some server issues when you have close to 50 million people trying to access something all at the same time. I think that that's kind of impossible to <laughs> defend against. Um but yeah, so, you know, we've known about this coming for a while. It's 134 new cards. Four, I think it's four new legendaries. Um, but one of the things that that's really cool is they're being like very generous. So you log into the game, they give you three packs of the new expansion. You don't even have to do anything. Just three card packs right off the bat. You win two games in the new standard mode. You get another five packs. You win another seven games in standard and you get another five packs. So you're looking at like, what is it? 13, 13 packs of cards for like right off the bat for just playing without earning any gold or, or anything like that. And that's well, assuming you can win. I'm struggling <laughs> with that a little bit, to be honest. Well, OK, yes, I guess, you know, that technicality. Yes, but you can still get your three packs. They're giving that to everybody. You don't have yep. to play at all. Um, and they're also I was surprised at this. They're they gave everybody the Cthulhu legendary right off the bat. Here's this guy, and they gave you a couple of his um, supporting minions as well. So um, I was like, wow, that's cool, too, you know, because, I mean, they've been teasing Cthulhu on their website, like, forever. Like, this is what he's going to do, and here are the supporting cards that are going to help him. And so I was, I was really impressed that they, that they gave that to everybody right off the bat. Of course, that means that's what everybody has been playing for the last two days. I have, I have not played that way um, because I'm working on my gold paladin and I've been using a murloc deck and uh, it, it pretty much stayed intact. That's okay. So this is another thing that was great about this is so standard mode. You can only use your basic classic cards and the most recent two years worth of cards. So that means that the cards from the single player campaign shadow of Naxxramas and the uh, goblins and gnomes cards are you can't play those in standard at all. And so I had a few of those in my deck. But the one thing that was awesome is like you click on your deck and then there's a button at the top that's like make this deck standard. 
card. You click on the button, it takes out the cards that you can't have, and you can see how many slots you have, and then you just slot your new cards in. And it was super easy, and I love that. Um, it's just kind of an extension of recently they released uh, these deck recipes where you could, and, and the Murloc Paladin was one of them. You click on that, it automatically populates the deck with all the cards in there that you already have, <clears throat> and then offers you options for the cards that you don't have. So, um, so yeah, it's super cool. Uh, I've been playing it not as much as I would like to, but <laughs> I, I have, I won my standard games. <clears throat> I won my two standard games and I won my seven standard games. And now I'm just back into regular ranked again, but it's super cool. I love it. I love the aesthetic. I, I, I think it hadn't been, no, no, it was over the weekend. Like I totally was not going to lay down the 50 bucks for the 50 packs, like hadn't even crossed my mind. And then Isaac went to Costco and he comes home with four $25 iTunes gift cards. And he's like, here, I thought since the expansion's coming out, we could, we could go ahead and buy these. And I'm like, Hey, that's awesome. Thank you. You're a cool husband. So, so yeah. So, and, and now I have the cool card back. Now I have the eyeball card back and I hadn't even planned on having it. So. So, yeah. So, Stephen, have you started yet? Well, um, truth be told, I had started previously uh, and completely forgot about it. So, um, I mean, I never really got very far into the game. So, I had some cards. I had a few of the characters up to, you know, some, you know, reasonable levels. The the reality is I barely started. I probably put maybe three or four hours in, maybe Mm. a little bit more. I put together a deck based on one of the, you know, based on one of the templates mm-hmm. for uh, Paladin, uh, because that's one of the ones that I had leveled up before, and have just been kind of pushing through. Um, I have, I, I unfortunately, uh, there was a bug earlier on where uh, it was not recording wins, mm. and so I won a whole bunch of games, and it didn't pop any of my quests. And since then, I have I have uh, won one of my last seven games. So I'm struggling <laughs> a little bit just because yeah. I, uh, some of them are admittedly bad beats. Um, other ones, I, I I mean, I'm playing with basic cards. So yes, yeah. Um, but I, I'm still enjoying myself. I'm I am I, opponents are getting a lot of free wins from me because I've played enough Magic to know uh, when to scoop. Yeah. And so I just, you know, as soon as I run out of gas and they've stabilized their board, I just, uh, I know I can't do it so I concede. Yeah. That's probably saved me about like 20 minutes yes. combined out of just, just matches I'm not going to win. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they're happy because that means they don't have to deal with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely do that too. When I know that things are just not going to go my way, I concede. Some people, even if they're like, there's no way that they're going to win like against me. They will keep going till the end. And I, I sort of understand this a little bit because you get more experience based on like the number of cards you play and how long the game lasts and all that kind of stuff. So I get it a little bit, but at the same time, it's it's really annoying at parts. Yeah. Or or if I'm like down, you know, at the last turn, I, you know, I can tell that, you know, I'm I'm not going to win. Like before I get the chance to concede like they just play these cards like like just kind of stupidly almost bragging like oh hey look i can do this too and oh hey look like you've only got five health left look i've got 20 attack on this turn and that just that just really annoys me (laughs) it's like really i mean that's 
that is the disadvantage to playing a all digital game. Um, because the reality is they, you know, like, you know, they, they can do kind of whatever they want. Um, and they don't have to look you in the eye. Um, so that's a, it's a, yeah, it's part of the, that is absolutely part of the experience. Um, at least when playing real magic, they, they, the, it is not, and I say it to my son, when in doubt, you know, don't play easy. Put your foot on their throat, finish it. Yeah. But, you know, um, because there's no point to playing a game if you're not gonna, you know. Yeah. If you're not gonna play. But, um, it's, it's, it, yeah. I've noticed that too. People, yeah. uh, playing with their food, as it were. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good analogy there. Um, yeah. So another funny thing is they changed one of the emotes, uh, not emotes, whatever the things that you can say, um, for, it used to be sorry. And now it's wow, which is kind of weird to me, but you know, Hey, whatever. Um, but lots of times, you know, you'd be surprised how kind of smack talky people can be using just those predetermined things that you can say. Um, luckily you can squelch them. Uh, if you don't want to hear them. But I had one guy, uh, this was a while ago, I think I talked about it like in a very early episode of this podcast that was just like, you know, obviously you have your your hello, you know, your greeting that you can give to other people. And he was doing that like every time he played a big card, like, oh, hello, hello. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> squelch? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, have other players' emotes squelched by default. Oh, that's kind of um, what my husband I, does. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not playing that game. Um, and, and it's not that I don't like people. Well, it, it really is largely <laughs> that I don't like people, but, um, it's, there's just, that's just not, it's not what I'm here to, you know, it's not what I'm here to play. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't want to get trolled by people. Um, so it's frustrating. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just kind of. Yeah, I don't automatically squelch people unless they're just talking too much or being annoying because, like, you know, I'll hop right into a game and the person will, will be like, hello. I'm like, hey, they're being nice. You know, whatever. Hello. Or, you know, or, you know, you can say, you know, your well played thing at the end, which is the same as saying good game. And I, you know, but it sounds like you're, you're like my husband. He squelches people immediately too. And, uh, like someone just says hello to him at the beginning of the game. He's like, squelch. I'm like, why did you do that? That's rude. The person is just saying hi to you. <laughs> like, seriously. Anyhow. Do they know they're squelched? I don't know. They don't. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know. That, because that would defeat the purpose. Yeah. 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 So that guy that was giving me a hard time probably kept going with his hello, hello, hello. Except for, you know, <laughs> I didn't hear it. So, yeah. uh, or read it, I guess I should say. I didn't read it um, <laughs> because you don't yeah. talk. Oh, by the way, here's a question I have for you, Stephen. Have you been playing that with the, the sound on? No. Okay. <laughs> um, largely because I play it like... Uh, you know, I mean, I know I've played it with the sound on before, but generally mobile games, I don't play with the sound on. Yes. I play with the sound off because it's terrible. Like, I just, I don't know. Uh, some of the stuff, I guess, is funny, but it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't like it at all. So I always play with the sound it's off. It's super repetitive. Yes. Yes. All right. So, so yeah, with all those free packs that you can get, if you've been sitting on the fence thinking about whether or not you want to try Hearthstone, now is, is a good time because you're getting a bunch of stuff basically for free. Um, and, you know, you'll be going up against, you know, it'll be hard to, to get your, you know, get your, get your bearings in, in the multiplayer, especially if you're playing ranked, 
Um, but yeah. you know, you know, you're not going to get matched up against somebody who is, you know, a wildly different level than you are, which theoretically should mean that things are, you know, fairly equal, all things considered. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I suggest, you know, if you, if you haven't played it yet and you're thinking about it, even if you're not thinking about it, you should, you should go ahead and play it. Let's, let's get them up to 51 million people. I wish that many people <laughs> listen to this podcast, but you know, um, all right. So yeah, so that's Hearthstone. Uh, Steven, was there anything else that you wanted to add? I heard Steve Lubitz is going to like mentor you. That makes me scared. He was, uh, he had discussed, he had offered his, um, to his uh, tutelage. Mm-hmm. I am probably not going to take advantage of it. Um, not because I don't like him, but because, um, the internet is an easier teacher. <laughs> um, really, once I figure out deck archetypes and stuff, I mean, I play a lot of magic. Yeah. So, I mean, the game is very similar. Yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm feeling, you know, not that I don't need a teacher, but I also think that if I was going to turn to anyone to teach me how to play Hearthstone, I would come to you. Oh, hmm. see, now you're buttering me up. You're trying, to, you're trying to make sure that I pick a not-so-terrible game for you to play during Extra Life. I, <laughs> I, I see yeah. how that is. Um, yeah. um Maybe, but um, maybe not. Maybe I, um, you know, talk to you more regularly. Yes, there's that too, <laughs> I guess. Okay. You know, but he's, I mean, I'm buddies with him on there, and I mean, I'm sure he's going to spectate some games of mine when he's not playing. And, it, you know, so, I mean, it should be, it will be fun. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the experience, getting back into Blizzard games, um, you know, playing. I'm mainly looking forward to having some context so that I can start doing Hearthstone coverage. Mm. Uh, for a certain website I write for, yeah. I don't know if you if I've mentioned it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's another thing to point out. This is, you know, very much a you know a friendly game. I won't say it's like completely for little kids because the you know, but basically all it is is the artwork. You know, it's like it's it's Blizzard artwork. If you know anything about them, you know the 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 women are you know dressed provocatively and you know but that's that's about the extent of of things you know <laughs> just being bad so um and and honestly like especially if you're playing on the phone i don't know maybe this isn't for people who with better eyesight than i have but like you can't even see anything anyhow basically like well <laughs> i mean i've got the i've got the 6s plus so it's oh, yeah. pretty clear well you know what i have a 6s plus too but um of course, I don't wear my glasses when I'm playing it. But yeah, no, I play on my iPad or on the computer. Uh, I only play on the phone when absolutely necessary, which is not that often. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, as mentioned a couple of times, this episode was sponsored by ThriveMarket.com. And if you go to ThriveMarket.com slash Gaming with the Moms, you can get a free jar of coconut oil, which is pretty cool. Uh, so Linda and I work for Pixelkin. Pixelkin is a website aimed at parents and gamers together, or even just parents. You know, if you're not a gamer, if your kids play games, you know, you can get information on games in there too. Uh, you can find us on Facebook with just simply Pixelkin. You can find us on Twitter at Pixelkin underscore org. And then Steven, as noted, is editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming. Steven, go tell us where we can find you. Thanks, Nicole. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at EF Gaming. You can also find my other podcast that is Engage, a family gaming podcast 
We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and soon-to-be Google Play. And also, I highly encourage everyone to head on over to engagedfamilygaming.com slash community and join in on the fun with me and Nicole, because we talk about all sorts of nerdy stuff. <laughs> yes, 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 we do. Um, and then another quick note here, too. So this podcast, our, our network is Blog Talk Radio, which means you should be able to get this podcast pretty much anywhere you can get any other podcast. But if you're listening to us uh, from iTunes, please give us a review because that helps other people find us. If you're listening to us on Overcast, you have the ability to recommend individual episodes via Twitter. We hope that you will do that, too. And if you just go to blogtalkradio.com, you can follow us there. And I highly suggest that people do that because they have like a bazillion podcasts on like every topic that you could think of. So I'm sure you would probably find something else there that you would like as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll be back with you next week. Bye. Bye.